Houston listeners, we're coming to you once again on Saturday, May 25th. Our first ever literary picnic presented by Entre Dos and Booklandia Box is a fun family event where you can kick back, relax, and read in Spanish with your kids at the park. And there's more. Our friends at Booklandia will be leading a story time, and Monica, co-host of Entre Dos, will be joining us from Miami. Our picnic of books starts at 3 p.m. at Evelyn's Park in Bel Air. Visit entredospodcast.com forward slash events for more information. We hope to see you there. Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Entredos. Lo que más nos gusta. What we love. A special episode. En ese momento, los dos brujos miraron con asombro que bajo la tierra vivían personas con pies como patos, quijadas largas, cuernos, narices enormes y afilados dientes. Algunos eran tan feos que hasta tenían colas y casi ni parecían humanos. What you just heard is a snippet of a Venezuelan myth told by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz, a Colombian storyteller living in Texas. To find out what happens next, you'll have to listen to her podcast, Tres Cuentos. Tres Cuentos tells myths, legends, and children's stories from Latin America in both English and Spanish. Given that there aren't many podcasts for kids in Spanish, we were very excited to learn about it. Although most of the published episodes are recommended for children in fifth grade and up, Carolina just launched a summer series geared towards younger kids. And for this episode of What We Love, Lo Que Más Nos Gusta, we talked to Carolina about Tres Cuentos and how it came about. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this invitation. Tell us about your podcast. It's called Tres Cuentos. Tell us a little bit about it. It is a podcast dedicated to the traditional narratives of Latin America and is bilingual. So my my hope is to contribute to the understanding and appreciation of our very diverse cultures all across Latin America and the Hispanic world, even here in the United States. So yeah, mostly is myths and legends and folk tales um, of all across Latin America or the Hispanic world. And how was the idea born? Well, um, I'm from Colombia. So in Colombia, I grew up listening every Sunday to this amazing woman. Her name is Diana Uribe. And she had a radio show every Sunday where she would talk about stuff about history of the world and and so on. She began to build up a whole program about the independence of all the Latin American countries or mythology of Greece. Uh, the Greeks or the Roman. And and so in a way she was educating us while telling us a story about the world. And so I became obsessed with the idea that I wanted to have something similar in a way that I was also telling a story, but I wanted to do it only about the myths and the legends and the folk tales of Latin America. And I wanted it to have it bilingual. So people could actually, uh, not only Latin Americans can hear 
about the program or their own stories, but also there are people that perhaps don't speak Spanish, but also consider themselves Latinos or people are, that are interested in Latin American cultures could also learn about us. So I became obsessed with that idea. And when I came to do a master's in storytelling about seven years ago, I began working on the idea little by little. And eventually just last year, my husband, I've been bugging him and everybody around me with that idea. I want to do it. I want to do it. One day I will have it. One day I will do it. And finally, last last Christmas, mm -hmm. 2017, he got me a Yeti mic and he said, just go ahead and do it. And so, yeah, I, right after that, it took me about a month to start like working on that. And last year I launched the podcast I did it first in English, and then I began working on the Spanish versions. Carolina, how do you pick the stories? Um, I listened to a few of them, and they span a wide array of Latin American countries and cultures. So how do you look through sort of this rich history and find the stories you want to retell? Well, I've been reading a lot of um, collections of Latin American stories. I have a, I think I have a very decent library and friends actually sometimes they just find books and they just send me the books because they know I'm going to read them and so what I do is I read the books and I make notes on each story and I I I say okay this one is good for a for the podcast or this one is good for a performance or this one would be good for this and that and so I have all my notes and and I have a list of topics every time I'm reading I'm like oh this would be amazing. I wish I should be talking about this type of ghosts or this type of myths or this type of thing. So I make my list and eventually when I feel that I have about three good solid stories, um, that's when I start working on a whole program because tres cuentos means that for, for an entire program uh, of three episodes, I will be telling three different stories. And I try my best to find the stories from different countries. Sometimes it's not that hard. Unfortunately, here in the United States, most of the literature that we find about Latin America is mostly Mexican. So of course, I have a lot of Mexican stories, but it's really hard sometimes to find from other, other parts of Latin America. So that's when my friends come in, my family comes in and they're like, okay, I sent you a book. This book is from Brazilians, Brazil, folktales from Brazil or from Argentina, from Chile. So yeah, that that's pretty much how I, I work. It's, it's just, I came across the topic and then I just kind of wait until I have the whole thing ready and then I go with it. What, is there a reason you focused on on myths and like ghost stories i saw your series so we, we have like la llorona and la leyenda del dorado which is a colombian myth um what is it about these stories that you feel either lends itself to to storytelling or is it more about just saying something about the countries that that they come from i would say both uh, i mean i was just talking to an author like an hour ago she collects stories from the Hispanic world in New Mexico, and now she's doing it from all across the, the world. And she was telling me, and her name is Teresa Pijuan, by the way. She's amazing. All her books are incredible. And she was telling me that the only way for us to remember the people is through their stories. That's when we bring them back alive, even if they passed away or if 
if we, someone is ignoring that culture in particular, that's stories retelling them over and over. That's the best way to bring them back. So that's, I would say that's, that's what I want to do. I want to bring all the stories that Latin Americans have back to life. And a lot of times we don't realize how much we have in common. And, and sometimes we don't even know how how many stories we we have in our own countries or in our own cultures. Carolina, you have a children's story series coming up for the summer. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah. So it's, the summer programs are coming, and I'm going to be performing all summer. So that's when I thought, well, I'm pretty sure, because it happened to me before. Every time I go and do a performance, most of the audiences are children and families. And so I tried to promote the podcast to the uh, talking to the adults. But of course, they always assume that, oh, I'm going to let my children listen to it. And I'm like, well, how old is your child? And they're like, no, they're four or five. I'm like, mm, well... There's a couple of stories that perhaps you can definitely share with them, but these are stories I would think that are better suited for children that are fifth graders or above. Um, so that's when I came to react to that realization. Just I I need to have children's stories, and summer is coming, so I think it's it's a perfect time for that. And the chill the the stories that are coming up are. Uh, I'm not sure about the top the the name yet, but the topic is children that are heroes in Latin American cultures, and there's a lot of stories of that. Because I think that a lot of times we assume that the heroes are always, you know, young, good-looking people, but they're never children. You hardly see any childrens that are heroes in any stories, unless it's a cartoon or Pixar or Disney that kind of stuff. But I really found I found stories in which children in in different cultures are actually saving their families or saving their whole entire community. That's great. And we noticed that you have storytelling workshops for parents and we encourage our listeners to read to their children as a way to pass on and strengthen the second language. Uh, do you have any strategies for parents to make reading out loud more fun and interesting for their children? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that parents can do. But I would say that one of the, the things that normally I came across when a parent says, um, I don't, I don't, I can't do what you do, lady. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to do what I do. But don't you have stories? And they say, no, I don't know any stories. I'm like, do you have stories about yourself, your own childhood? Uh, what happened when you got in trouble when you were five years old, eight years old? Why don't you start telling those stories start talking about yourself? That's exactly what my parents did all the time when I was growing up. They, they didn't tell me once upon a time or a long time ago stories. No, my mom was constantly talking about what was going on in her day, uh, telling me what happened at school, in her job, at, uh, when she was riding the bus, when she went to the grocery. And it's like all these mini uh, short stories. And from there is that you start. I think the best way for someone to become a storyteller is to start with those personal stories. And once you start warming up is when you actually can go and, and look at a book and see, okay, I'm going to try this story with my kids. Um, 
Another thing is voices. Parents get really scared about that because they think their kids are going to laugh and make fun of them. But no, on the contrary, kids appreciate that so, so much. And, and it actually helps the rest of us performers because, for instance, I remember about a year ago, I had a performance with little kids and there were three to five, six-year-old kiddos. And I began a story saying, long time ago when the animals could talk. And there was this girl, five years old, and she got so mad and she stood up and she said, the animals cannot talk. And I'm like, this is a story. <laughs> like, long time ago, let's use our imagination. And and, the, and to me, in that moment, I understood that her, her parents are not we're not cultivating that side of, of that part of imagination. She's losing it. She has it. Everybody, everyone has imagination, but she was losing it because she could not, in her mind, she could not comprehend how an animal could talk. And that comes from a parent saying, animals don't talk. Actually, they do talk. But it also, when a parent says, I cannot do voices. Yes, you can. You can start with a high-pitched voice, kind of like, hello, how are you? And then you can just low, hello, how are you? You can just start with those two. And then from there, you just keep experimenting. And I'm sure everyone is going to have so much fun. And kids love that. So I would say those are the two first things that I always tell parents. And those are the easiest things to do. And after that, I mean, if they have any questions, they can always, I always tell them you can just email me or uh, find me on Facebook and just ask me about. Yes. Or listen to the podcast because the way that you dramatize the stories really keep the listeners engaged. It becomes an experience. And, and that's how, why a lot of kids don't like to read because, I mean, reading can be boring. But when you engage them in that reading with uh with gestures. That's another thing. Uh, use gestures. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with your face. You can like open your eyes big when you're saying something that is about to happen, you know, and and you can make a lot of gestures with your mouth, with your hands. I mean, your entire body can, can come in to perform during that moment with your child. And when they feel that that whole experience of reading with you is an awesome and fun experience. They're more likely to want to read later because they want to play that same experience in their heads later by themselves or with their friends. So the best way for a kid to read later is that reading now is a fun experience. And parents have a lot to do with that. And there's a lot of things they can do. A lot of t people tell me, I'm not an actor. You don't have to be an actor. I mean, just imagine how your grandparents did it long time ago. I mean, none of them were actors, but they all told you stories. And they all opened their big eyes and began using those voices, low voices. And all of a sudden, boom, you know. So it, I think it... I always tell people we are all born storytellers. Even if you think you don't have it in you, you just need a little bit of practice and that's all. Where can people find your podcast? Um, they can find it in Buzzsprout, iVox, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Radio Public, 
uh, cast box. Like I, I, I would think that it's almost everywhere. With and iTunes, iTunes too, and we have a um, a website, and it's www.trescuentos.com, and it's trescuentos is the word tres, and then the word cuentos, which means three stories. In case someone needs to translate it. We'll make sure to add it to the show notes. Awesome. Carolina, thank you so much for talking to us. We're really looking forward to your new children's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. All the people that have been like giving, leaving comments, uh, mostly on Facebook, on our website on Facebook, um, the web, the Facebook page. And a lot of people appreciate the fact that, you know, we're trying to keep our cultures alive. And now with these uh, new times, uh, new technologies, um, it's not like they're erasing our cultures, but it's just putting in, in a, like in a closed door, in a closet, all those beautiful traditions that we all have that make us who we are today. And, uh, and I think a lot of times when people are far away from their countries, they is when they really want to, you know, uh, go back to their own roots. And I think stories as well as music, they, they do that for us. So, yeah, I mean, thank you for the invitation and thank you for helping me spread out the word. Um, and I hope we get a lot of people listening. Thank you to Carolina Quiroga-Stultz for talking to us about her bilingual podcast, Tres Cuentos. Visit trescuentos.com to learn more about the podcast and listen to her stories. To continue the conversation, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Entre Dos Podcast or visit us at entredospodcast.com. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos. Nos vemos.